Voice Memos podcast with Jen and Myron. Hey, welcome to Voice Memos. I am Myron Clifton and my co-host is Jennifer. So Jennifer is a wonderful lady. She's originally from Wisconsin, now in California, flaming redhead with a beautiful big old dog named Mojito that I call Beast. She's a great sister, daughter, and a great friend. And uh, she is my co-host. Hey, Jennifer. Hello, hello. So nice that we're recording this because I get to save this and hear this over and over again, the compliments that you gave me. So I lied. <laughs> this is my friend and probably my bestest friend. I've known Myron over 20 years. He is a published author. He is an amazing writer, highly intelligent. And one thing that I can really tell you about him that stands out is how he raises his daughter, Leah. <laughs> right, like she is very, she's very structured and organized. And like, it doesn't, it helps. So she sends us an invite with the, with the Zoom because I know she's with you right now for your big rich bitch trip to Disney. And uh, I get an invite for the Zoom call and it says episode 28. I was like, <laughs> damn, our admin is finally showing up. Right, we finally got some admin help because man, because <laughs> every week we don't know what episode we're on. <laughs> Uh, that's funny so right she brought her laptop so it's all set up and everything and she's and like no lisping from you which is oh really my great God. she's a whirlwind of activity i'm just like you know what just let me just let me sit and not have anything happen around me just <laughs> not when did she come um she flew in she, last night got so it okay she came last night via jet blue from new york Nonstop. Yes. And and those JetBlue airplanes are pretty nice. Well, and it's so great because it's a red eye. I mean, for us, if we leave here, it's a red eye to New York. So <clears throat> I, I like the fact that you, I don't like flying anywhere that I have to stop multiple places. That just sets me, it like resets the whole travel experience because you take off, you land, then you get to another airport, you take off, you land. I'm like, this is ruining my whole vibe i hate it and you know what i like i hate i hate the layovers like you're saying and there's the the two types right there's the one you land you wait for some people to get off and other people get on you take off again right so that's a nightmare but then the other one is you get off the plane and usually it's in some hub somewhere so you got to walk a mile to get to another plane and it's just it and, and even after like you may have to wait an awkward amount of time like two hours and go, well, I'm not going to really eat because I'm going to eat when I get there. But what do I do for these two hours? And you're just sort of like an airport zombie at that point. It just is ridiculous. And you know, that's it. I mean, I'm, I got to remember to add that to the I hate list of people that jump up immediately when the plane lands. Bitch, where are you going? <laughs> in, 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 in row 45. Exactly. Trying to scoot up to get closer. To do what, Karen? To do what? You've so, got another 30 minutes before anything happened. 
before they even open up the fucking plane oh door. So, oh my god! I mean, we yeah. could do every episode a list of I hate. So I mean, that's just a reminder since we're talking about planes. I definitely hate them. Yeah. So we are recording this. This is a little bit different. We are we are actually recording this episode on Sunday morning. We usually record on Wednesdays or Thursdays, but I, as Jennifer said, I will be at um, the happiest place on earth in Disneyland uh, with Ellie and my daughter, my daughter's best friend, because uh, they wanted to go when Disneyland is decorated for Halloween. So and I've never seen that, but apparently there's a lot of Halloween things or themes at the park. So we're going uh, tomorrow morning. Okay. Yeah. I was wondering... <clears throat> so you're going with your daughter, her best friend, and yeah. your GF. Yeah. And through our conversation, I kept wondering, did I miss something in a voice memo about my fucking invite? <laughs> <laughs> like, would you actually like Disneyland or would you want to write a letter to Walt Disney telling him to shut it all down? <laughs> <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Somehow, I would make it just a poor experience for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You know what? It's funny because I, now I haven't been in maybe uh, five, six years or so. But, you know, it, it's a it's a study. It's a sociological study because there are you see families uh, that are absolutely miserable, like just miserable. All the kids are whiny. The grandparents, you know, can't move quick enough and the, the couples or the siblings are just fighting and you just think they just spent thousands to be this miserable. Thousands. Yes, to be this miserable. And, you know, you have to make up your mind. Like when you go to Disney, you got to go, look, I am going to wait in some lines. Just get over it. Like yep. you can't complain about it. Like that's that's the deal. You're going to wait in lines and then you're going to buy... Mickey Mouse ear ice cream cone that costs eighty dollars. It just is part of the deal. <laughs> eighty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> it's all so expensive. It is, but you know, now I've been to other amusement parks. Disney does it better than the other other amusement parks. Like every little thing is thought out in those parks, and you really do have a great time, even if you just find a nice bench and um a drink or maybe you know a bag of popcorn and just watch things happen even that is entertaining at least to me it is <laughs> well i went with my nephews when my nephew was 10 he turned 10 so parker mm -hmm. and it was like a gift for us and we went with my parents and my sister and my you know both nephews and i mean you do definitely i enjoyed it because you know the rides are a little more um, adult like they're not these teacups that you have to be on and Honestly, you got to get get a good workout. I mean, you're walking. I think we walk 12 to 15 miles a day, maybe yes. 18. Yes, it is. It is nonstop um, aerobic, not aerobics, but uh, exercise. Like you're walking all the time. And you know what? Like if I think about my, now they have new rides since I've been there and, it, and since you've been there. So they have this new Marvel area with Spider-Man ride or, or, or it's not really a ride. It's a, an experience. And then they have a new Star Wars area and they have multiple Star Wars um, experiences that they say are, are the best in the industry right now. And I'll do all those, just like Cars and Indiana Jones and all this kind of stuff. But 
I, you know, like you were talking about those teacups in that little area, they have this, that's fantasy land. They have this little ride, right? So they have Peter Pan, which is pretty cool because you fly through, the, through London and Snow White and the Wicked Witch is really scary up in there. But they have this ride, Mr. Frog's ride or something like that. Oh. And, and it's an old children's story. And in, in the story and on the ride, the frog, because I think he like steals something or something, the frog goes to hell. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, you're on this ride with Mr. Frog and all of a sudden you go to hell. <laughs> I can put hell. a lot of people on that. <laughs> yeah, with this demon, you know, fire and all this kind of stuff. And I just thought, this is some twisted shit right here. <laughs> it's one of my it, favorite rides. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those ones that I probably would have come up with if someone asked me to create a ride. <laughs> Walt Disney, on one hand, may have loved children, but on the other hand, he wanted to send those little bastards to hell. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, here's another thing when you talk about Disney. I really hate adults that go once a month. Yes, like what <laughs> that get a life. <laughs> I, I, I cannot, and you're on the airplane with your Mickey ears, like, yes. and you're 35 with no children. Uh, it's yes, that's that's too much. Like that's too much. <laughs> People to get this seasonal pass and they go once a month, twice once a month, month. Something like that. And you just go, or as an adult, and you go, Well, I you know, I've been there as an adult without any kids. You can go, okay, I had some fun, but I wouldn't go every month. That's 12 times a year. I mean, legitimately. That's, that's, yeah. well, you got to branch out your life a little bit. I hate that's, that. Yeah, that, that's, so, that's <laughs> you and I were talking, the reason why we recorded is we weren't originally going to record because you're going to be on vacation. So, you know, you suggested let's do Sunday as you were in my brain, because I was thinking the same thing. And it was so important for us to do this because we wanted to take this time. We're going to go a little deeper than we normally do in regards to politics and our views on, you know, who's up for the midterms, right? Who's up, who, who's, who are we voting for? If we want to share that, you know, you and I don't, I don't care who I, uh, who I share, I, who I voted for. I'm not one of those people. I am um, a strong proponent of Newsom and, even in the midterms, you and I talked about last year during the recall that we are part of the majority, right? 71% of Californians voted in the recall to keep Governor Newsom in. And the loud people are the ones that voted against him. You know, us quiet folk know that he's doing a good job. And okay, yeah, he went to French Laundry without a mask on. Big whoopty fucking do. Has nothing to do with his politics. And, you know, most people say, oh, do as I say, not as I do type thing. I don't give a shit about that. That stuff, I want to I want to know that my rights as a woman are protected, that there's equality um, in the same-sex marriage, same-sex marriage. I want to, I want to live in a world where love is love, right? And we get the support and diversity leader that understands that directive. So I, I don't know. Um, I, I know we're not going to go through all of them because I don't, I can't even remember how many were on there, but I think to talk through some of the candidates, especially around Senator Alex Padilla, and I don't even know who the Republican is voting for him, but you know, where Alex stands on some of those. And then for you to share some of your insight, because as we know, I can have dialogue on some things, but I I don't dig into the weeds as much as you do. So I learn a lot from you. So I think it's a really good opportunity to share some of the candidates that maybe 
hypothetically or not hypothetically, but might have a tough chance to win that we want to win and why it's important that they do win. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. I, I think um, uh, that's a good setup. And I think that, you know, if we look at um, some of the, some of, we can even look at some of the propositions and, yes, um, you know, there's an old saying that um, all, I think it goes, all voting is local. And what it means is that, um, that our system of voting, that the individual has the most um, control over their local elections versus state and federal. Cause you know, it, it's just a numbers game. Like in your local, in your city, like Sacramento has 500,000 people, right? And we're, we're broken out into, I don't know, seven districts or something like that. So when you're voting for your city council person, you may be one of a hundred thousand people, but when you're voting for, you know, president, one of 200 million people that's going to vote, right? So you have statistically more influence locally. And not only that, but locally will impact your life um, sort of like hourly, whereas federal or state may impact it daily and federal may impact it monthly or something like that. Yep. So if you think about your city council, that's who you want to tell the city council or the, or the mayor or that whoever is in charge to fix your goddamn potholes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Cause that won't be Newsom or Biden Harris or Senator Alex Padilla. That's going to be your, your local city council person. That's going to be that person. Or, and another way to look at it is uh, for people to have kids. If you don't like the instruction that's going on at your child's school, then you vote for candidates for the school board. That's that's who does that. It's not Newsom and it's not Biden. It's your local school board. And if you don't like, like if you want better stop signs or um, a, a new exit ramp or you know that kind of stuff, even though that those funds would come from the federal government through the state and then dispersed to the cities, it's generally your county supervisors who didn't allocate that money. So voting for your county supervisor, you have more, more pull. So it, it, it's, it all matters. And so typically in America, Americans vote the most for when they're every four years when there's a presidential election. And then they vote um, a lot less in what they call the midterms, what's happening right now. So a president is elected every four years and then two years into their presidency, we have what's called the midterms. And so you can get new house representatives and new, a new senator if they're up for reelection, but also all your state county and all that kind of stuff happens. And typically Americans don't vote in high numbers at these local things. And so then what happens is the people that do tend to vote the most. So overall, Americans don't vote a lot in the midterms, right? But now when you look at well, who does vote in the mid midterms? Who are most likely to vote during the midterms? It's older white voters. That's who votes at the highest percentage during midterms. So then, so then you go, well, why does that matter? Well, because older white voters tend to vote very, very conservatively and very Republican, in other words. And so they will vote, typically vote down um, things that, you think you may want potholes fixed, 
um, different things in school, a different form of city government, um, money for, you know, either um, like infrastructure or money for helping the homeless problem, like things like that. It typically older white Republican voters vote no on everything. They vote no. Just across the board, they vote no. And there's a lot of studies and sociology, sociological studies on why that is. But it sort of boils down to, I got mine. I don't want to help you get yours. Right. <laughs> right. That's it. And I'm going to preserve and I'm going to preserve my senior money and not pay any more taxes, any more anything. And you guys are on your own. Like, I mean, that's really, really like boiled down. So so then what happens is so they vote no on everything. And then in the in the in the in the coming year, as we're headed towards another presidential election, voters start looking at what they don't like about society. And then they they project that on the candidates who are running for president and and or they will blame the incumbent or say this new guy can do more because his last guy didn't fix anything. But they would not have voted in the midterms, which could have done the things that they wanted to do. So they'll wait to the, every four years to the president go, well, this president could do this. And it's just, it's, it's really twisted. But so anyway, back to your point that the idea is that you want to vote in midterms because you actually have more say-so in how things are run versus waiting every four years for the president. Because typically when a president is in office, you don't see impacts until at least two years out. And then if they're reelected, then you'll see it for another four to six years. But if you don't vote in the midterms, you don't give all the ammunition and money and um, a Senate and a House that whatever president is in office then has the power to do things. Because unlike what Donald Trump tells his Trump viewer or his Fox viewers, there's 71 million people that voted for him. Unlike him, who has he's probably the dumbest man on U.S. Um, political, the U.S. political system, the president is not a dictator or emperor in this country, right? So that's what a phrase, co-equal branches of government. So we have the courts that are equal, we have Congress that's equal, and then we have the president or the executive branch. So those three branches of government are equal. The one is not more powerful than the other as is designed in the constitution. Now, sometimes one will bubble up and seem more powerful, but overall, generally speaking, they're co-equal branches of government. That's what a government, that's what a president can't just say, okay, everybody lower, lower your gas prices, or or the the uh, voting is now a national holiday. The president can't do that. They have to go through Congress, they have to vote on it, the Senate has to approve it. All those things have to happen. And if they and then someone can sue. And if they sue, then it goes to the courts to uh, adjudicate it, just decide whether or not it's legal or not. So so these co-equal branches of government are important. And for people that don't understand how government work, which frankly, a lot of Americans do not, they believe that the president is a God emperor and even Democrats and Republicans who support Trump believe that he, he could just do this, but a struggle with pain, just do this, just struggle with pain, do this. No, it doesn't work like that. So anyway, yeah, so back to back to voting. So I, so I think what I want to do Jen, if you don't mind, let's look at let's look at a couple of those propositions because we yes. can go past those really fast in um in, in California. So so a proposition is you know you have this you have this election and 
anybody with enough signatures can get a proposition on, on the ballot, meaning, meaning a group of people are proposing to the rest of Californians that this be done, whatever that this is. So in California, our propositions this time is Prop 1 is, do you want the state, um, do you want to amend the California Constitution to, to make it, um, to put it in a constitution that every woman has a right to an abortion, right to choose, right to choose abortion, right to choose contraceptive. Do you want that to be in the in the California Constitution? I say yes. Yes, and that's right. your that's your reproductive freedom, right? Yes. When you think when you think about including the right to an abortion, so not just any sort of. I guess if you don't say if you don't say yes to that. If you don't say yes to that, then the abortions become, um, by law, illegal. Exactly. I mean, you can't get it from your provider. And what, what we know is, in history, abortions will all have always and will always be done. Always. Like, that's, that's, not, it, that's not in dispute. The only thing that will happen when you make something illegal is, um, like you think of Ohio and Texas and some other states that made it Wisconsin. illegal. Even in Wisconsin. Even in a case of rape or incest is then those women, or or if the mother's life is in danger, or if there's a non-viable um, fetus, um, the only thing that happens is the one, you put women's lives in danger. And then, but women who have the means, meaning money, will just travel to another state or get another doctor um, in secret and they'll have their safe abortions. And so those kind of laws um, overwhelmingly impact people who do not have money or resources uh, to get abortions. And, you know, when we talk California, there's 40 million people here. It could be more, it could be a little less. But when you think about these propositions and how they impact California, this is where voting matters on that, because we are such a large, we're not looking at a state that has a million people, right? One city, Los Angeles has a million people. So it's important to understand what these propositions are and to do the legitimacy that you're, that you should, your obligation to the state is to vote. So go continue down the list. I think number 26 is next, right? Uh, yeah, 26. So 26 is, uh, this one was, this one was sort of, um, this one was difficult. So this is, and this comes up every election and it's all about gambling and what is allowable on tribal lands. Cause we have legal gambling on tribal lands. And, um, I remember when that was coming up in the eighties and things. And so there's, there's a constant battle. Las Vegas casino owners always fund to stop California casinos, uh, tribal casinos, from expanding the type of gambling that they allow because they want Californians to go to Nevada, to Las Vegas, Reno to gamble as opposed to going to um, tribal. Thunder Valley. <laughs> right, it's always, that's all it is. And so this one, it would allow um, tribal casinos <clears throat> to, all, it's just a horse racing that you can do in-person betting for horse racing. I know it's just, it's the weirdest thing. So I'm not a gambler. Um, but I lean towards whatever the, whatever the tribal people want to do. Just let them do their fucking thing. Yeah. Like, in Vegas, you'll be fine. Like, you will be fine. <laughs> I mean, people go there as a destination. People are coming to Thunder Valley Casino on their weekly, you know, yearly right. vacation in Rockland, California. Or, right. or, or Red Hawk up in Folsom. <laughs> right. Because, you know, uh, me and Alan were in Vegas early this year. And neither one of us gambled. We just went there just to, you know, have the experience, go to some really nice restaurants and just chill. You know, in Vegas. That was a tough one for me. You know why? Because I'm, I'm, I'm anti any ex- exploitation of animals. 
right? Yeah. So when you talk yeah. about horse racing and what happens in the horse racing industry is the same yes. with dog racing. So it's hard. Either it's yes, you say yes to make that legal so that Las Vegas doesn't, you know, I guess to the big corporations yeah. in Las Vegas that they don't win. It's a, it was a definitely a catch 22 for me. That's a good one. I think, you know, you bring up a good point that, that sometimes like to me, cause I'm not a gambler and I believe in what they call sovereign rights, meaning, meaning tribal uh, indigenous people. Um, they have their, their land are uh, sovereign nation. They're their own yeah. nations. Yeah. And I just believe, oh, let them do what they want to do. Yeah. But you have a good point, like animal cruelty. Because yeah. I haven't thought about that. And you know what? I have said since forever, horses don't want to be doing that. No, they don't want you on their back. <laughs> no, I've said that forever. Like, now I'm also afraid of horses and I would never ride one. But every time I see someone riding a horse, I go, or they just horse jumping. Like, oh my gosh. Right? I'm like, that horse doesn't want to be doing that. Nope. Doesn't want to be pulling your carriage. Like it's yes. not meant. Yes. Well, we so didn't I, have vehicles I, back in the day. I get it. I mean, they were used to to help yes. move things around and build things, but it, we don't need that anymore. Because yeah. I guess then it it went into so there was two propositions next to each other. So twenty six and twenty seven. Twenty seven was also about gambling. Oh, uh, okay. So that um, was be mobile and online. Yes, right, I think we said we said no to that. <laughs> said no to that, right? Right, and that one is it's sort of it's almost the same, but. That one was funded by Vegas, right? And so I just think, well, no. <laughs> and it turns like you're, it, it could allow my nephew to be on some gambling thing and then get addicted to it. I, no, I, yes. you no, know what, no, you no, think, no, no, no. You know, I hadn't even thought of that, Jim, but um, like you said about your nephew, my daughter, because she, you know, she follows all these, not all, but she follows um, this streamer lady. I can't think of her name, but she's like a top streamer. And, you know, they play these video games online and everything. And she tells me that, you know, they, that they run ads that you could play these games that um, that are pretend gambling. Oh, it's God. not gambling, it's pretend gambling. But she rightly figured out that is to get you used to gambling online. Yep. And then they then you get ads for real gambling. Oh. And it's sent this to teenagers. So, yeah, you bring up a good point about your nephew. So, no. No. No, they don't do that. Okay. Prop 28 is it, the state would allocate at least 1% of another proposition, Prop 20, um, another, a, a percentage of the funding. Oh, wait a minute, no, wait, 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 wait. I think 28 was the requires funding for K through 12 art and music education. Yes, yes, yes. It, so it would, it would, there's another prop that, already supports that. And then this would say, we'll take some of that money if you approve that and we'll designate it for music and arts. And I'm always fine with that. And why would anybody say no to that? I, well, I'll tell you why. Because older white conservative Republican um, voters say no to anything that they think may, may increase their taxes. Wow. Even, though, even though it may not, it's just no. But I agree that, that if we... If we if we require and we do a mandatory um, K or preschool through 12 education, like it's a law, your child has to be educated. And the, the vast majority of children go to public schools, right? A small percentage are homeschooled and a larger, but also a small percentage are um, private school. Then they shouldn't just be in a classroom learning about fucking Romans, 
they should and they, get, they're not even learning that. I mean, they're not even learning right. about racism. Is that they're even on U.S. history? So they should definitely get um, art and music because it expands their minds and their worldviews, and it helps make them balance little monsters. Yep. Okay. Good. 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 Yeah. We said yes to that. 29. We also twenty nine. This was a tricky one. Yeah. This yes. was the. This comes up every election too. The um, dialysis thing. So you have you have the Davida people, the owners of the of the dialysis places. I'm saying one thing and you have doctors and patients saying another. This is that one, huh? Yeah, and this is my sister's definite adamancy around no, because you know my sister is a dialysis uh, clinical dietitian. So right. she worked in dialysis centers for a while. And that what that is telling you is that you cannot run a dialysis clinic without a healthcare worker, AKA a nurse or a doctor. And if you do, if you get to that level, then what happens is you don't have enough staffing. You don't have enough nurses and doctors to manage or be in those locations to cover the hours, which then closes dialysis centers. Uh, so they can operate just fine with um, trained phlebotomists and these kind of staff. Exactly. Dietitians like my sister, okay. you know, you can, you can function that way, but again, th they want dialysis clinics. They want to have educated high, you know, medical people that went to school for medical to be in those. And it's just not, it's not feasible. And that will then require dialysis centers to close, which then, especially when we get back to black and brown communities and their centers in those communities, those would be the first ones closed. Really so that's important. a big fucking no on dialysis. And, and you, I'm glad, I'm glad you brought that, I brought, brought that up in your sister's point of view as well. Cause when I worked in senior communities, we had multiple seniors um, well, every day there's seniors going to dialysis and to a person in all the years I worked in the, and, and with seniors in those communities, um, in multiple communities, every senior that I would um, help get transportation, we would provide transportation to and from dialysis. Everyone loved going, not loved, but loved their dialysis um, helpers. Wow. Like there was never any complaints, like never, none. And so... Um, I, I didn't think about it that at, at the time and thinking through this, but if they were to shut those, shut some down or require, you know, medical licensed doctors or stuff, that's, that's uh, the wrong, it's the wrong phrase, but that's overkill. They don't need yeah, that. That's overkill. There's no need for that. So no on 29. Now 30, I think I was, this is where I need a little uh, education. I dug a little bit. We both said no, I think on 30. And that was the increasing the tax on personal income above two million. By yeah, I, nice. I forget the percentage. Um, and then dedicates revenue to zero emission vehicles and wildfire prevention programs. Why did we say no to that? Yeah, this was this was number thirty one, huh? That was thirty. Oh, sorry, I'm sorry. So prop thirty. What is prop thirty? Uh, so it's a new tax. Um, Gives up three, three to five billion to cut emissions, but it was, it was, it was, so, it was a fake proposition to. They were, they were telling people all oh, this money is going to go to help firefighters and things like that. Yeah, there was some underlying thing in that we both we talked about. I can't remember, yeah, but one, yeah, I, and I think it was um, one of the rideshare companies was pushing this. Right. It was yeah, something. this was a tricky one. To it's one of those ones that 
if we weren't having this conversation, someone would read that and yeah. be like, yes, of course I want to work on zero emission vehicles and help wildfire prevention programs. That sounds like a yes to me, but there was something that really wasn't addressed yeah. in that proposition. It was funded by Lyft and they were the only funders and it, it would benefit them more than anyone. Yes, right. yes, yes, yes. And they used, oh, we're going to help reduce climate, but really it was just so, it was so that they could get more drivers driving. Um, Lift. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So, yeah, it was, that's one of the problems with, with, with propositions. As long as you get enough signatures and big companies can fund things and get them on the ballot, and then they can totally lie about what they are. And then you turn around, right? And then you yeah. see just the one statement. Because let's just be honest, most of most people in general just read what's given in front of them. They don't dig yeah. into, well, why would I say no to this? Why would I say yes to this? How does this benefit me? So that was a no on 30. Um, and then we both agree. I mean, Proposition 31 was just upholding the ban on flavor flavored tobacco sales. Like we oh, both said, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, heck yeah. You got to do that. Um, <laughs> Um, let me see, was that, was there any other? I think that's it. Yeah, I think that was it. And so then for governor, um, you were saying, I agree with you, that Governor Newsom, you know, in California, you get two terms. And I think he has had a very successful um, first term. And I think he did a great job managing through COVID, even with his own personal slip up. But like you said, let's be honest, we've all slipped up like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, but he's been good for California. I love that he's providing a safe haven for people from other states who may want um, to get an abortion, but can't get it in their own state. He's helping with that. And, you know, even though California has this massive border, just like Texas, New Mexico and Arizona and so forth, you know, he manages our border and you don't really hear all these, you know, strange stories that the, that governor of Texas makes up. Um, or Florida. Yeah, fucking Florida, man. And, you know, Newsom also is doing a lot for gun control, right? The buyback pro program, which has been real. I, I think other states are looking to um, induce that or introduce that to their state as well. It just yeah. takes gu unlicensed guns off the streets, which, yes, I mean, there's yeah. a lot of work to be done around gun control. But ultimately, he there. I don't know if there's anything that he does currently that I disagree with. Honestly, I don't know if there's anything from um, a perspective because he's working on you know, mental health, he's health care, homelessness, like there's, there are projects and plans that he has in place to help with that. I mean, I would like to move it along faster. But you know, things can't move along. Quickly. Yeah, yeah. I, so I, I think he deserves he's earned another term. Alex Padilla, he was he was um, he replaced Senator Kamala Harris when she was uh, part of the um, presidential ticket. So he's running for a full term and um, he's a Southern California guy. And there's been a couple of things he said that I didn't necessarily agree with. But overall, I think he's a good senator and I think he deserves a full uh, a full term. And you know what? I, it does, you know what? Like I, I said, he said a couple of things I didn't I didn't agree with. That's fine. You could disagree with what people say, you know, but what is he doing? And I think he supports not just California's um, goals, but he has a good grasp of national goals. He votes um, to support uh, the president's agenda. And I think that's important. So, yeah, I, I like that guy. Uh, Eleni Konalakis, I think is her name. She's lieutenant governor. governor and 
you know what? She's part of the Newsom ticket and she's doing exactly what a lieutenant governor should be doing. You never hear about her. Yep. <laughs> you know, and when you talk about fundraising, she she has a huge backing of money behind her. I, yeah. I mean, the girl that's up against her, I think it's Jacobs. I can't remember, but she, I mean, she's maybe campaigned about $160,000 or something like that, like raised. <laughs> and, and she, she is positioning herself to succeed Gavin Newsom. Like that, that's her goal. She wants to be governor of state. And you know what? More power to you. Yeah, um, let's do it, girl. Yep. Dr. Shirley Weber's the Secretary of State. I think she's the first black woman to hold that job. She's done a great job. And again, she's another one. She holds the purse string, purse strings, and um, she manages. She, she, she's like, like if you have a CEO, that's sort of like the governor. And if you have like a managing director or chief operating officer who's running the day-to-day, that's her. And the fact that she's never in the news and things just get done, that's a good sign. That's what you want. She's like the other lady. You you never hear about her, but she's getting things done. So yes, yes to her. Um, Malaya Cohen, she's a controller. Actually, she's the, the money person. No issues there. Fiona Ma, the treasurer. She's fine. Rob Bonta, the, the, the attorney general. You know what? That's the that's the chief law enforcement guy. And you know what? I don't think we have big law enforcement from a state standpoint issues. I mean, he he's on top of things and uh, he's gone. He's gone along with the governor's work on guns and passing those laws where if you are the victim of a mass shooting, you can you can sue the manufacturer of that gun. <laughs> I love it because what's his face who's up against Hochman I don't even want to like Nathan so if, you, if you're wondering why you don't vote for him I mean when it when you talk about when you talk about gun sellers or gun manufacturers and violating state laws his quote at some point was at the end of the day that's for the California legislator to decide I mean there's no he's got like no stance on anything and and Bonta has been pretty vocal about his stance just in in general so um you know what he's trying to permit cool. he's trying to prohibit assault weapons and ghost guns i mean so it you know what that's a good point when, when a candidate won't tell you their position that means that they want to do some underhanded yeah. runs for the hills as they say right, right. you know we, we see that in, in 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 the national midterms going on now with di- different states um governors and people running for senate where after the supreme court struck or struck down the the federal law allowing abortions and pushed it back to the states. And then once all those states, like 30 something states start making uh, abortion illegal and the first round of midterms, because midterms started like in May, depending on the state and Republicans began losing and they were losing because um, women, because women were coming out in record numbers because they they saw that they were losing their rights. They were voting against Republicans. And once Republicans saw the first wave of midterm voters um, turn against Republicans to a person, Republicans have removed um, from their campaign websites that they support a full ban on abortions. They've taken that off. And they, they won't talk about it anymore because they know if, if their voters, their constituents see that they are for eliminating abortions, period, no exceptions, health of the mother, health of the um, the fetus, um, rape, incest, it doesn't matter, right? And they were all in agreement with that. And they started seeing that Republicans were losing the early midterms. 
all of them have taken that stuff off their websites and they're trying not to talk about it. Unbelievable. Yep, Unbelievable. So, so, yeah. So just like you said with that guy, oh, just turn into a state legislator. So what they're saying now, their talking point is now they're saying, well, I, I've always been pro-life. I'm just going to say that. That's all they say. <laughs> you say, what about it? If the life of the mother is in danger, well, I'm just pro-life. What about if it's rape or incest? Well, I'm just pro-life. That's, that's all they'll say, which means they support. You can rape a child. You can force her to have the baby. You can um, you can have incest. You can force that child to have the baby. And they support that, but they're, they're scared of the public pushback. So they're saying no comment or just trying to talk. Yeah, they're trying to they're 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 pussyfooting around and yes. if you see that from a candidate i mean really i think our i think the website is like cal matters or something like that california matters or cal cal matters um i and on there it'll give you a breakdown of each of the candidates and where they stand and when you talk about like fiona may and as the treasurer and you think about what she her priority is is housing so everybody bitches about housing and and homelessness. She's got a plan in place. Why the other Yahoo, um, Jack Guerrero, Guerrero, he is talking about just our economy and how we have we have the worst credit rating. Okay, wow. let's remember that credit rating was established to keep poor people poor. It wasn't some. It's not a universal global thing for credit. We, we put something in place that keeps poor people poor. Uh, they can't get credit. And then right. essentially the, we are a credit rating. You have a, you can't get a house because you have poor credit rating, but again, you have no credit. So right. he talks so about just the economy. You, right. It forces you to remain a renter. Exactly. Which means, which means you are paying someone else's mortgage. Yep. Right. So that person is getting all the benefits of home and property ownership and you are getting none. Because you can't get a loan because you don't have the same income and resources. And if you do get a loan, it's going to be at a higher rate. It's going to take a larger percentage of your income to even pay your loan. So, yeah, yeah, you're right about that. So, yeah, Fiona Ma actually has a plan. Yeah, has a plan. And I think when we talk about, you know, I know we have some listeners and 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 maybe some of them don't always. I, I hear this a lot. And I think this is something that Katya, a, a mutual friend of ours, she said she was at a party once and it was during Obama um, administration and people were having dialogue and she felt inept to be able to catch up because she knew nothing about it. So mm. she dug in, learned a lot um, and now can have really great open dialogue. Now, a lot of people in general don't want to get lost in the weeds and think that and especially, I think, in California, that we feel a little safer, that we don't have any extremists like they do in Texas or, or Florida. But I think what we can do is just, if you align, you, if you've been talking to us or listening to us for quite some time, and there's an alignment on our value system and what we believe is important in the state, then we can definitely provide you, reach out, send us a text, a message on 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 social media and say, Hey, who did you vote for? Because I'm aligning with you and maybe I don't want to spend a lot of time doing research, but there hasn't been anything that you said that makes me think that I'm yes, not aligned with you. Point. So that's a great point. Cause you know, like talking about national elections, you go um, like, if you complain about homelessness or the unhoused and then one party, like you were saying, Fiona Ma has a plan and another part that her 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 competition says, well, we don't our credit rating is bad. We don't we don't want to raise taxes, or we don't want to um, do any um, anything different to hurt our credit rating. You go, well, 
but how does that help people who are unhoused? Like what, what do you, that's just a deflection, Like you have to do something. So I was thinking about that even in the, the national elections. Okay, people have been complaining about, uh, like we were talking earlier, potholes, right? This kind of stuff, bad roads. Um, where all Republicans voted against President Biden's infrastructure plan. Every single one voted against it. Every single one, as that money has started being allocated in the last couple of months, every single one has gone back to their constituents and said, look what I've done for our, our city, our district. Oh Even God. though they voted against it. Every single one voted against combating um, inflation and climate change. Every single Republican voted against those. Every single one. And so, but there, you'll see them on the news, well, inflation is high. Well, why did you vote against us? Like, these are these are steps. These This is a plan to get something done. Every single, every single one voted against the president's plan to lower the cost of insulin. Every single one. So you go, well, here's a plan to lower the cost of insulin. Because you can't do anything without money. So let's lower the cost. Let's force these companies to charge Americans this same thing they charge people around the world. They just price price gouges, and every Republican voted against that. Every Republican voted against um, giving veterans access to contraceptives. Contraceptives. Wow. Everyone voted against that. They're always saying, oh, we're for veterans. Nope. Everyone voted against it. And everyone, every single one voted against marriage equality. So that's not just um, um, the LGBTQI community having the right to marry like the rest of us, but it's also against interracial marriages. <laughs> Every single one voted against that. And so if you say, you know, I, I think I'm undecided um, between Democrats and Republicans, then I say back to you specifically, what is it about Republicans that you side with? Like, what is it? Because if you say, well, they're better on the economy. Well, they're not historically you can see for the last 70 years, every time a Democrat is elected and the in the in the in the in the next three or four years, every economy is better versus every Republican is elected, the economy is worse. So you go, well, they're better on crime. They're not. Every Republican um, run states, cities, not every, but Republican cities have worse Republican-led cities have worse crime than Democratic-led. And that's fact. And that's a fact. However, because our news media is owned and operated by Republican white men, let's be honest, they promote uh, the, the fact, they promote story, they promote Chicago. Chicago's deadly. Well, you know what? Missouri is deadlier. But you don't hear that. Like, you yep. don't hear that. So, so all you go, well, they're, they're better for the military. Well, they vote against giving extra military benefits. They, 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 they did a terrible war in um, Afghanistan and, and didn't get out. They created Guantanamo Bay. You know, like what, what are they better at? Like everything that, that Republicans would say, a Republican voter would say, can be proven empirically that is not true. And so then, and I've written about this in my blog a couple of times. So then would you come down to what else is left? Like what else is left? So you get left with, if you look at America's demographics, every racial and gender demographic, except white men and white women, vote majority Democrats. Everyone, Asian, Hispanic, Latino, Black, Pacific Islander, every single demographic vote majority Democrat. 
except white men and white women. And then you go, what is it? Is are those is, is that demographic, those two demographics, are they more right than everybody else? You know, you can make you can make the argument and go, okay, well, yeah, they are. Okay, well, but what else is it? So, there's something there that's glaring. Like, why do two demographics vote against all the other demographics? And you know, that's that's a conversation for another time. But it really just comes down to race. That's all it does. Yeah. That's all it is. It just there's comes- no other. You can't justify anything else beside that. And really, when you talk about Republicans being for something, and really, when it boils down to it, they're for rich people not being taxed. I that's, mean, that's all it comes down to. That's all it comes down to is like we're going to give people billionaires, millionaires less taxing, and you know, the mom and pop that work and have retired now they're paying more taxes than some of our fucking millionaires like yes right and they're telling you right now republicans are saying right now if they win the house and the senate they are going to cut social security yep like why would anybody support that like you have seniors so because they say social security is an entitlement and it's like (laughs) what the hell these people paid into this system you know, for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years on the promise from the government that they would then give that money back to them once they retired as a monthly stipend. And that's their money. Like there's no added money to it that the government, like a 401k is matching. It's literally their money. That I put into it. (laughs) Right. And they're saying they're going to cut it. And then people have pushed back saying, well, what would these seniors do? Because most seniors, something like 70, 75% of seniors who get Social Security, that is their sole source of income. And they're saying, what would they do? And Republicans say, well, they can, you know, get money from their families. They can, you know, tap into their savings and stuff like that. It's like, what? What are you talking about? I'd be living after working 50 years yeah. and you have nothing. Now, now you lose your home. Now you lose your home. And so contrast that with, since President Biden got in office, he just gave the biggest increase in Social Security that's been done in, in like 50 years, some 8.7% increase. It's incredible. I mean- To, to listen, make up for all those years of no increase. He's, you know, it's funny, you said something earlier about, um, I forget one of the candidates. I, I don't know if it was the, if it was the treasurer or the Lieutenant Governor, but Elena, that she's sitting there. No one knows what's going on. No one knows really much about her. She's raising the funds. She is executing. She's a public servant and she's doing her job. That is, let me tell you, when you have a successful government is when there's not any noise. That's nice, huh? That's when there is not any noise. It's like your top performers in a business. So say you and I have been in leadership roles and you have employees that just come to work, get the job done. And your boss or your boss never reaches out to you because they know they're getting the job done. That's exactly what it feels like right now. All the stuff that's happening that Joe Biden and Kamala have been putting into place and implementing are one, let's say just, I mean, from infrastructure to what you just said about social security to, I mean, to debt relief for for school debt, mind you, people like fucking senators in Wisconsin want to stop it because you know it 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 helps black and brown people. Like right. legitimately saying, I don't want to do debt relief because that's going to impact and provide uh, support to the black and brown community. That's right. the type of people that you're voting for if you're voting fucking Republican. Right. That's it. That, that's the lawsuit that the that the um, state of Wisconsin launched to stop President Biden's. Um, student debt relief. 
They literally said it's in the lawsuit. You can look it up on the docket that that it promotes equality of the races. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, yes, the fuck? yes, yes. And so, so yeah, you think about that. That you have all these students uh, and grownups, you know, who have this student debt. And the president has said, have heard people say, "I've been paying my student debt for 10, 20, 30 years, and I owe the same amount." Uh, <laughs> yeah, that system is so fucked up. And the president said. Okay, he just started carving it up. He was first, he was saying students that got debt from these um, unofficial colleges, like, you know, those online colleges. First, he eliminated that debt. And then he went to students that had back debt from colleges that were no longer in business, but the debt was sold, got that debt. And then he said, okay, I'm gonna get the Pell Grant. These people that got grants from the government because maybe they didn't have enough money to go to college. He said, I'm gonna get that debt. And then he just started working his way through and- and it has, um, so a lot has already been relieved. And now this next big chunk, the state has sued and said, no, you can't do this. And this is winding its way to, to the Supreme Court. And I, I think it goes back to what you were talking about earlier with there are voters who want, some voters vote to reduce harm to others and some voters vote to allow harm to happen. Yes. And I, I lean towards, you know what? Even though I, I've never gone to college, I don't have student debt, but you know what? I don't want those people to be stuck with debt forever. Yeah. Like I know it feels like to have, to have debt that never goes away. And and if and if Donald Trump can give a two trillion dollar tax break to the wealthy, then why can't we relieve debt for people who have the student debt? Many like sixty percent are are categorized as poor. Why can't we do that? And it's amazing to think. That there are people that celebrated him giving that two trillion dollar tax break to the wealthy, and they weren't getting any themselves. They were just happy that wealthy were getting tax breaks, <laughs> which crazy. is so moronic. It is, and then you say, "Well, let's help these poor people," and then you have these people say, "No, that's not fair. They should pay their debt." Whoa, what? <laughs> it's you know, it's it, what Joe Biden has done and calling people out on their bullshit, right? So then he pulled all the receipts. He showed the receipts for all the Republicans that got the, the relief during COVID yes, that, the that got their, loans. yes, that got their debt wiped clean. And he read them in a press conference. He read them in a press conference. He said, look, this person said it's, it's against God and nature to give debt relief to these students. He says, okay, here's them. They got $300,000 in debt relief. And he just went <laughs> down the line. And some were like in the millions. And, all, and they were all Republicans who voted against debt relief for, for poor people, but who got debt relief for themselves and voted debt relief or voted a tax cut for trillionaires or million billionaires and millionaires. That's crazy, huh? So they voted for a two trillion dollar tax cut for the wealthy. They got PPP loans and got them all forgiven. And then they voted against students getting their debt relief. Debt relief. Yes. That is crazy. If you vote for that. I, you probably not even listen to the podcast because they're you're, we're not even remotely friends. We're not even close to one another. If you are aligned with that sort of mentality, there th something's wrong. Like I mean, there is. I don't think you can say just like Joe Biden. I don't think there's anything you could say because he showed receipts. So you've got it. They are so hypocritical. That's what a Republican is to me. It's very hypocritical. And yeah. so when you yeah. think about voting and make sure you do your research. If there's something that we said that maybe you don't align with, reach out and ask us. We'll have some good conversation. There's a lot of great stuff online, calmatters.org. Yeah. I do, I know we're coming up on our hour, 
but I want to, I want to say something just in regards, you said two words today, um, sovereign, right? So you use the word sovereign for tribal and, and I, we talked about Wisconsin and how fucked up it is. I don't know. I don't know, sir, if you are watching the Daryl Brooks trial. Um, oh my God. <laughs> we got to get into that. So I know we don't have a lot of time, but we'll, we'll, we'll preface we'll this so that when we record next there'll time, be, there'll be more material by the time <laughs> we record again. Let's just say this guy is so narcissistic that he literally is, he ran over people in Waukesha, in Wisconsin, Waukesha right, County, right, at a right. parade, killed right. some people. They got him on cameras for every length of the way to when he stopped driving his car and got off at someone's yard. And this guy is legitimately saying, because he cut his dreads, that that is not the person that did that. And he's defending himself. Defending himself. You know what? At one point, the judge had to say, we need to take a break. This guy is staring at me. You know, I feel threatened. Let's just get out of here. And he is like staring people down. And what they're, the patients here, I know we got to go into because there's uh, a lot of stuff. But if they don't follow the rules, what he's really trying to press here, I mean, because he's a conspiracy theorist. So yeah, when you're under he, the sovereign nation, right, like. Right. He, he believes he's a sovereign citizen. Sovereign citizen. Yes. Which is a conspiracy theory that law doesn't, that you're smarter than the law. And if they, they have to be still by the book because they don't want a mistrial. If they have a mistrial, he goes free. Right, right. And, and he is, he's representing himself and he's, he is a narcissist and outside of government, he is the most punchable person in America right now. 100%. One, right. And it is nonstop people watching and listening. I was just talking to my family about it yesterday. And I told she, my sister said, what are you talking about? You know, she's in re, she's recovering from her surgery and such. And she got on, she went down that rabbit hole too. And she said, are you kidding me? This there, if you're not following anything related to um, uh, Brooks, what, what's this, Nathaniel? Yeah, Daryl Brooks. Daryl Brooks. You are missing out on pure entertainment of narcissism. It, it is batshit crazy. And he is like, he's representing himself, but he doesn't want to be a lawyer, of course. So <laughs> the judge is trying to very patiently explain some very basic things to him without, without being a lawyer herself. Like she can't <laughs> tell him what to do. And he's arguing with her nonstop. Objecting everything Talking over her. Yes, she keeps having to make the jury say stuff he can't say, and it's just he is he is those sovereign citizen quacks. They believe that they are not citizens of the United States; that they are their own citizen. They're just their own state as an individual, so they're not subject to the laws of the country of the nation, and it's totally bogus. Like it's totally made up. Somebody created that some years ago and they think it's legit. And you know what? Wesley Snipes, the actor, he was one of those fools. That's why he went to prison. Damn. Back in the 90s, Wesley Snipes fell into that little hole thinking he was a sovereign citizen and they don't believe they have to pay taxes. <laughs> and shocker, he was in jail <laughs> for tax evasion. <laughs> like, Come here, Mr. Snipes. You going to prison and not pay your taxes, mofo. This guy oh. asked... He, he, he said he, there was a witness on the stand and his one question to them was, you know, where are you from or something along those lines. And he said, Oh, Wisconsin, is it an entity? No. <laughs> like, 
Right. I mean, this you it's pure entertainment. And it to is. if you don't know what a narcissist looks like or sounds like, I shouldn't say looks like, but what they sound like, yes. you've got to watch this trial from the yeah. stare downs to the intimidation to yeah. I'm smarter than you is on it is it is textbook yeah. narcissism. It is and nonstop yelling and arguing uh, with the judge over things that are silly, but also where he just thinks he's right about, like if, if, if the sun is out, he says, well, no, the sun is not really there. He will argue. Exactly. <laughs> How do you know the sun exists? That's uh, the stuff that uh, you're dealing with. So uh, this has been an informational, uh, yeah. hopefully for those that listen, that wanted some insights on, on voting and making sure we, I, I love doing this because it just means hopefully that someone, there's another vote out there. I know we're under California umbrella, but getting in the routine of voting, not only for your lo- for your national, for your local state government, but this will help you then trigger into doing it nationally. Cause really every vote counts when you think about it. Yep. That's a very good summary. So um, where can people find you, Jen? You can find me at Janet Van Landon Veg on IG. You can find me at Big Button a Smile on Instagram and the Redheaded Vegan or Redheaded Vegan on Twitter, which I'm not very active on there, but you can find me on there. Where can they find you, sir? Uh, Twitter at Myron J. Clifton. Instagram's the same. Um, Facebook, Myron J. Clifton, and also Dear Dean and my, my author page on Amazon. Buy my books, read them, read them. They're really good books, a lot of different genres. Um, my free magazine, sign up for my free magazine. It's a monthly digital magazine. Um, I get a lot of writers from around the country who contribute. Uh, it's not all politics. It's politics, family, uh, mental health, physical health, all those topics we cover every month. And then um, check us out here. Share our, our show. We're at episode 28. Rate us, review us, uh, tell your friends about us because we're headed towards episode 100 where we will be the biggest podcast in the world. And, you know, I want to say something about your book. So uh, one of a a coworker that I work with, um, Kirk, he's a book reader. And we talked a couple of times about books and we talked about Jamal and his church adventures. So he went and I think got your last book and he said he's read it in three days because it just pulled him in. So I think I shared this with you that it was, he said, thank you. He's a slow reader in, in most cases. And if you've seen him type, you would understand that's a very true statement because um, he types with two fingers. Yeah. <laughs> I give him shit about that all the time, but uh, he just- I love hearing that. Yeah, he really t- takes into, listens to our podcast and gets great feedback. And I'll tell you, most people that are close to me on some capacity have given really great feedback. So if you reach out to us and you want a topic for us to talk about, we will talk about anything. If we don't know enough about it, we'll figure it out and, 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 and share our insights that way as well. So I hope that I you that. and your, your GF have an amazing time in Disney. I hope the Zoe and Leah have a really amazing time and, uh, thanks yeah, for the invite. Time. Thanks for the invite. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that I was dealing with another billionaire friend. Um, we could just fucking spend a fucking week in Disney, but okay. We'll get, um, we'll get you covered next time. So, so, uh, thanks for that. And yeah, uh, for the feedback on it, but you know, what? one of these shows, I'm going to do a rundown of each of my books. I would love that. Yes, let's do that. Just like a review of each of the books. So we didn't get a chance to talk about TV and what we're watching and movies and things like that. So we'll cover it next time. 
And uh, I'll be sure to send you some uh, pictures or videos uh, from the happiest place on earth. Yeah, if you having fun. All right. Peace All out, right, mofo. Bye, mofos. Bye. <laughs>